You're listening to Devotions with Pastor Daniel Williams, taken from the Redemption Church YouTube channel. Well, hey everyone, welcome back to these live devotions here on YouTube and then disseminated throughout the world via podcast. So whether you're listening or watching on the YouTube channel, man, I'm so great to be able to be in your life right now in this moment to share God's word of what he's teaching me. My name is Pastor Daniel Williams, uh, and I love being able to teach God's word to you. And today what I want to do is I want to talk to you about waiting on God, waiting on God and trusting in his timing and in his ways. It's a part of our faith. Everyone deals with it in different capacities and ways. And I was thinking about this as I was reading through first Samuel 26 and uh, 25 and 26 this morning and just reading about King David's life. Uh, man, this guy had to wait on the Lord and his perfect timing even to be king. Uh, Samuel uh, in the book of Samuel anointed David as king. And yet it took about scholars say about 10 years or so before he, <clears throat> excuse me, him actually being king would take place. And so I don't know which is worse, not getting something you want or being promised something that you want and then having to wait. Can you, can you understand with that? Can you relate to that? Uh, now, although none of us really have been uh, anointed as king like David and have that great promise, I think we all as Christians, as believers in God, are, have the precious promises of God and are waiting on some things from the Lord. Uh, it's a part of our faith. I think one of the biggest promises that we're all dealing with and facing with is the promise of heaven. You remember 1 Corinthians 13, 12? It says, for now, this life we see uh, in a mirror dimly, but then one day in heaven, man, we're going to see God face to face. You know, that's what heaven means. It's the dwelling place of God. And God promises us eternal life in heaven for all those who believe in Jesus. That's an abundant promise that we're waiting for, that we have to trust God to wait for. Uh, there will be a moment in our lives where we will actually dwell with God forever face to face. That's the promises we have in God's word in scripture. John 640, Jesus said, for this is the will of my father, that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. I hope you look forward to that last day, uh, the day where we will have a resurrected body and see God face to face in pure fellowship in that way. But the Bible says right now, what are we doing? We're waiting on God. We're trying to trust in the promises of God and we're walking by faith and not by sight. Uh, we have eternal life and a relationship with God right now, but we're still waiting for things to come uh, because we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit and we have assurance. The Bible calls we have a living hope. And because of this hope, it causes us to live differently in the here and now. Uh, it causes us to purify ourselves, to live for God. And to make sure that our minds, our bodies, our wills are thinking about heaven and having a mind of Christ, uh, an upward thought, not just living here in this earth. First John 3, 3 says, and everyone who thus hopes in him, speaking of Jesus, purifies himself as he is pure. And so we all we all have to wait in some capacity, whether it be the grand uh, big um picture vision of heaven or just other promises of God that has he's revealed in his word and through his spirit to us. And one area that I want us to think about <clears throat> in this devotion uh, when it comes to waiting is this trusting God to repay evil. We're thinking about that day. Well, in that day, God will make every wrong right and it should affect the way that we live right now. Uh, let me read you the doctrine from Romans chapter 12, verse 17 and 19. Uh, and then let me illustrate it with David's life, 1 Samuel 25 and 26. Okay, so the, the passage, the doctrine, New Testament, 
Romans 12, 17 through 19 says, Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So there's the doctrine. This verse exhorts us to not repay evil for evil, but to be at peace, if at possible, with all men, and to trust God that he'll judge and he'll avenge us. In fact, in Romans 12, 21, the text continues to go on and says, in the midst of evil all around us and in our world, we actually should be doing good. Do not be overcome by evil, it says, but overcome evil with good. So we have to wait on God to judge our enemies, to judge others. Instead of us combating evil with evil, the Bible wants us and we're actually told to actively seek out good and justice and mercy as we're learning this on our Sunday morning messages here at Redemption Church, going through the law and social justice issues and God's heart for us to not only love him, but to love people. Now, this is a proactive waiting on God, uh, truly trusting in him to be the Lord and the judge of others, uh, to not take responsibility on our behalf or ourselves, but to just keep following God's ways, which are righteous and loving and to love our enemies, to love people that wrong us. Um, he's going to make every wrong right. And we need to live in this reality, but it does take some patience, doesn't it? Um, that he gives us through abiding in his spirit. He gives us the fruit of the spirit, which is patience. And so we're told to do this now to illustrate this, David, in David chapter uh, 25 of 1 Samuel, he gets caught up. He gets caught up. He doesn't want to wait. He wants to avenge. He tries to take things into his own hands. Um, let me explain. He was on the run from Saul. Saul was actually the king. He got anointed to be king, but he had to wait for that. And so he was displaced with some other men of Israel. Oftentimes they say they're David's mighty men, but they were actually <laughs> displaced men uh, and 600 guys with him in the wilderness hiding from Saul. And uh, they were in a hard spot. And so they were doing anything to survive. And part of their strategy was actually uh, they had they saw some shepherds hiding. And as they were hiding in the wilderness, they actually protected these shepherds, shepherds and cared for them because the custom and uh, courtesy thing to do was to show appreciation for protection. So as David and his mighty men protected these sheep and these goats, um, man, you would think he would get repaid and the owner would say, man, thank you so much for that. I'm going to help you out and give you some food, some water, some resources, uh, because there was this battle and you risk your life for that. Well, the owner of these sheep and goats, who was a very rich man, he was also very foolish. The Bible says his name was Nabal, which actually the text says means folly. He was a foolish man. And so David sent some messengers to Nabal for some help. Hey, I've helped you with protecting your sheep and your shepherds. I, I like some supplies. Can you help me? You know, but Nabal in his folly, uh, disrespectfully, uh, declined David's request and basically punked him off. Uh, he gave him nothing, which was actually doing wrong and evil. And so David gets up mad because in verse 21 of that chapter, he actually, uh, says that Nabal has returned me evil for good. David did good to this guy, but yet he's getting evil back. And so he takes 400 of his men, a two to one ratio out of those 600 guys says 200, you stay here, us 400, we're going to go and we're going to go kill Nabal and all the male children 
So we're going to totally wipe him out. Every male child of Nabal, let's put him to death and let's repay him for this evil that he's done to us. But the story goes, Nabal had a wise and beautiful wife, Abigail. Thank God for wise and beautiful wives. Shout out to my wife, Laura. Okay. They save us. They're a blessing to our lives. Um, and all spouses are a blessing to one another. But Nabal, uh, Nabal had this wife, Abigail, and she quickly gathered resources together. Things like 200 loaves of bread, uh, wine skins of fine wine. I think it's like a, a, a hundred clusters of raisins, some cakes. And she sends that ahead to David. Then she meets David and begs David not to get caught up by Nabal's foolishness and have his blood on his hand. She's apologizing. Hey, you don't want to do this. You don't want to just go and kill all these people and murder these people because you got wrong. You don't want to repay evil for evil and not be, don't, she's basically warning him. Don't be like Nabal. Who's a fool doing evil. Allow God to take care of it. Now, David, he responds to her in verse 32 through 34. Let me just read it to you. And David said to Abigail, blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who sent you this day to meet me. Blessed be your discretion and blessed be to you who have kept me this day from blood guilt and from working salvation with my own hand. For as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, who is who has restrained me from hurting you unless you have hurried uh, and come to meet me truly by the morning, there had not been there would have not been left to Nabal so much as one male. Basically, David is recognizing her wisdom of the situation that he shouldn't pay evil for evil. And he's thanking God and thanking her. Hey, I got caught up. I was just tired. I did this good. I was expecting this. And this is how people repay me. Listen, we're going to get caught up. We're going to get tired. We need people in our lives to point us back to the truth of God, to forgive quickly, to be at peace with all men and not do foolish things. Dave was about to go and shed blood and murder and kill because he wanted to repay evil for evil. But God took care of Nabal. It says in verse 38 and 39, Listen to this. And about 10 days later, the Lord struck Nabal and he died. When David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord who has avenged the insult I received at the hand of Nabal. The insult was real. The offense was real. The evil was real. But it was the Lord who's to take care of that, just like in our situations. And so the Lord has returned the evil of Nabal on his own head. Then David sent and spoke to Abigail to take her as his wife. And Abigail and David became married. Now, listen, just like David, we can get caught up in our evil and people wrong us here in this earth. We are surrounded by folly people, foolish people that are rebelling against God, right? In sin. And so that leads to a lot of hurt, pain, destruction, and flat out evil and brokenness in our world. And those consequences will come to us. And yet we're told to wait on God and to do good. To not only love God, but love others. When our culture is okay with spewing out garbage in social media and gossip and being kind, our faith demands that our words be seasoned with salt and with love and grace. We should respond more wisely. As the proverb says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger rather than just fighting and acting like a fool because people are foolish. People are gossiping. People are spewing out stuff and sharing. We need to wait on God by obeying him and repaying evil with good. Evil will be judged by God, not us. And so we don't have to be quick to defend, quick to spew out stuff, quick to walk in the path of evilness and what's normal in our culture. 
is just to talk bad about people or to hurt people or to do other things that is contrary to the word of God. And we see David learn this lesson in the next chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 26, as he once again has the opportunity to kill Saul. Once again, he had the opportunity early, a few chapters back in this book, but Saul was after David. Uh, he was being patient, but this patience was costing him something. Sometimes when we walk in patience and evil is coming against us, it's going to hurt. It's going to cost us something. But yet David, he was waiting and Saul even admitted that he was wronging him. And yet David would not take the throne. He wanted God to do the work. And in his flesh uh, and sin, uh, Saul caused uh, Saul was ch- trying to cause him to die and chase down David. And so David sees Saul uh, camp and uh, try to come up and hurt him. And he asked someone to go down with him to see Saul, to see the tent, to sneak in and have some spies and things like that. Abishah, well, he says, I'll go with you, David. And so these two guys sneak in in the middle of the night. And the text says that the Lord put everyone in a deep sleep and they find and enter Saul's tent, right? They find and Saul's, enter Saul's tent. And not only do they find Saul fast asleep with all of his guards, but there was a spear right by his head. And so Abishan, verse eight of this chapter, he says, God has given your enemy into your hands this day. Now, please let me pin him to the earth with one stroke of a spear, make basically saying, let me just take him out quickly. This is our chance. This is us to take vengeance and I will not strike him twice. Abishah was going to take care of the problem. Well, the only problem was it was repaying evil for evil. And so David says, no, he just learned this lesson. Let's take the spear and the water jug by Saul's head and let's go. They take the spear, the water jug outside of the camp on the hill and start screaming at the officer and wakes everyone up and let them know that they did not repay evil for evil, but they actually allowed Saul to live. Saul, David was growing and trusting in God, waiting on God that he would take care of Saul. He didn't have to do it. You you understand? (laughs) You understand that we can grow, <coughs> excuse me, in our maturity. Uh, we may have blown it one time, uh, may have lost our cool. I know I lose my cool all the time. I can grow from that. You can go from grow from that. And Saul, um, he says something interesting in his response to David in verse 21, because they didn't repay this evil for evil, but with good and spared his life. And Saul said in verse 21 of chapter 26, Then Saul said, I have sinned. Return, my son, David, for I will no more do you harm because my life was precious in your eyes this day. Behold, I have acted foolishly and have made a great mistake. It's interesting because David's pure life caused Saul to realize how unholy and evil he was. Saul realized his own sin because David walked in righteousness and didn't kill him. And so too with us, the world sees righteousness and light As we walk in God's ways, we're a great witness to the world as we walk by faith and not by sight in this world, being agents of love. In fact, that passage in that doctrine, Romans chapter 12, verse 20, it says to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink for by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Love overcomes evil and allows God to be the judge which he will do on that day. God is going to judge the living and the dead and he will make every wrong right. And I just want to remind you today to wait on God. 
This world is crazy. It's full of evil and transgressions and sins against us as Christians. Jesus said, you can bank on it. There's going to be persecution and trials and suffering in this world, but don't be overwhelmed. Be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. And Jesus saved overcame by doing the father's will. And so do we by doing good, the father's will. So trust that God will make every wrong right. You don't have to. And keep loving people because it truly is the way to overcome evil. Let's continue to do good. God bless you guys. And we'll see you on the next video.